0: Being a professional isn't about the money you make, the position you hold, your level of expertise, or fame. It's the motivation and the attitude you bring to your work. A desire for always learning and improving, and balancing your creative output with getting the business done. Welcome and join the Creating Pros. Hi and welcome back to Creating Pros. I'm your host Jim Nettles, and this week we're doing a little bit of a workshop. So no matter what business you're in, if you don't have sales, you don't have a business, or at least not for long. And so as business owners, as creators, we have to focus not only on the product we're producing, but also on the sales numbers. It is one of the hardest metrics that tell us how well we're doing and gives us a lot more options about how we can run the business and do what we're doing. The challenge is most of us don't spend the time focused on what brings us sales we don't think about that part of the engine. Now, last week I told a little bit of a story about getting an aerospace learning kit as a gift. Um, All I wanted to do was jump straight over all the other stuff and go straight to building and launching the rocket before I got in the paper airplane to fly. You know, all entrepreneurs, we talk about the business side as being jumping off of a cliff and trying to build the airplane on the way down. I've done it, I continue to do it, and it's a part of the learning process. And where most of us make mistakes, uh, you know, as we're falling, not building things that will give us the lift that stop us from crashing. We want to go straight to the rocket. We want to jump straight from the launch to massive success. Occasionally it works, but most of the time it doesn't. And often when it does work, the explosion at the top doesn't have you gently coasting to the ground underneath the parachute. You blow up or you crash. And I've done that too. So what am I talking about then? Well, there's a lot of moving pieces to any business, whether it's just you or a billion dollar conglomerate. And the piece we're talking about today really is marketing. Um, I was at a convention this weekend and was talking about this in a workshop where a lot of the time what we see is the idea of sales and marketing. And then really, to me, this is backwards. It should be marketing and then the sales. You know, people can't buy what they don't know exists. People tend to buy from people, from brands, people they've gotten to know and trust, or at least have a solid expectation of what they're gonna get. Now for writers, artists, creators, this this can be a lot harder than going and jumping in the coffee shop and slinging another cup of coffee at somebody. Because again, every piece of work is ultimately unique, but we still need to set the expectation as to who we are as a brand, as a creator and everything else, so that people have an idea as to who we are, if they're gonna start maybe doing business with us, if they're going to support our work. Now, most of the people I know hate sales. They're even afraid of it a lot of the time. And when, it's, when you're trying to sell your own work, it gets even worse. Well, if you're going about sales ethically, if you're going and approaching sales from an ethical standpoint, you're not doing something to somebody, you're doing something for somebody. As creators, we're delivering entertainment. We're delivering experience, knowledge, insight, and new ways of looking at the world. It may be a book that gives somebody an escape. Maybe it makes them consider things in a new way. Maybe it's a piece of art hanging on the wall that gives somebody joy or contemplation. It's the piece of joy or a piece of jewelry that helps you express yourself when you're out in public. And it gives you that little bit of extra oomph. It gives you that little perk that tells people, here's a little bit of something about me. Ethical sales is the process of educating people, your customers, your fans, and those who might become one day your customers and fans about who you are and what you do. And if you've done that part properly, you can lead them to a buying decision, whether it's yes or no, or maybe later on, you can guide them with your story through your marketing as a writer and as a storyteller and all artists and creators are storytellers in some way, we should be embracing this idea of our marketing is part of the fun part. It's part of telling our overall story arc. Now, if you've done all this properly and you've been able to guide somebody to that buying decision and no is an acceptable answer because again, I would rather have somebody buy work that is a good fit for them Or for somebody that they're buying as a gift for someone else. Then to go in and pressure them into making a buying decision for something that isn't a good fit. Or maybe they just feel pressured to buy it to make you happy. But they're never going to read the book. They're never going to look at the artwork. It's going to go sit in a corner. And one of the things that we definitively know is that we much more focus on negative experiences than the positive ones. If we are able to create that much more positive experience through our marketing then the sales process is a lot easier and is something that we can learn to enjoy as creators and as business owners and something that we're doing that creates part of the greater experience for our readers, for our customers, for our fans, for our buyers. And so much of buyers remorse when we talk to people about this comes not because they made a wrong decision for themselves, but because they felt pressured to make that decision. And so again, when we feel pressured to make a decision, we then will question our judgment about that much more. And again, this is one of the reasons that people will share that negative experience much more than the positive ones. It's a survival mechanism. We want to remember those things that caused us pain, discomfort, or caused us risk. And again, this is one of those things we have to just look at and know and understand. So what then is marketing? If we're talking about marketing and the difference between sales and marketing? Well, marketing is purely this. It is storytelling. It's telling people you exist. It's telling people about your work and why you do it. And if you're excited about it, others are much more likely to be excited about what you're doing as well. So how do we go about effective ethical marketing? Well, first of all, you've got to be where your potential fans, and your potential customers are. You know, for creators and for most businesses today, social media is one of the obvious places we have to be. Um, I do a lot of events and conventions, Again, I was at one this weekend, met a lot of great people, had a lot of great fun, got to do a lot of interesting panels, got to teach some fun workshops. I know that these conventions are also where I get to meet, interact with people, and some of them will ultimately buy books. Some of them will ultimately dive into the workshops that I do. But again, I also do this because I enjoy it. I enjoy my story. I enjoy meeting people. I enjoy the interaction. So the first part of marketing is being able to be wherever your people are. So let's actually break this process down a little bit more. And there's a lot of models that are out there. But we're going to look at one of the easiest marketing models. And it's something that's called the STB Framework. It was developed by Professor Philip Kotler from the Northwestern University, and it really has three pretty simple steps. But understanding this as a model and a way of approaching it can help simplify and really demystify a lot of the marketing process. So STP is segmentation, targeting, and positioning. So what does this mean? Well, segmentation means I'm going to identify who my customer base is, who's my fan base, Who are my readers? Who are the people that would appreciate my work? Once we start to understand those major major segments, the next thing is targeting. Well, targeting is not negative. Targeting is about then saying, I know who I want to reach. Then now what I'm doing is I'm organizing the information. I'm prioritizing those segments I created in the first step and saying, who do I want to reach out to first? Who is most likely to be interested? Who's most likely to benefit? And then looking and saying, okay, I now know who I want to reach. I now have put them in an order of priority. So the third step then becomes positioning. Well, this means I'm now going out there and marketing, I'm telling my story to those people. Let me give you a little bit of an example of this. Um, let's take a hypothetical historical romance author. Their work is primarily focused say on the Renaissance era. Uh, There's a lot of political intrigue. There's a lot of action going on as well as the romantic elements. And this is one of those things that we see a lot more of today are mashups. We're no longer about straight genre of, oh, this is straight up romance or this is straight up action adventure. We see a lot more blending of different genres. If I look at artwork, the same thing is true. If I look at gaming, if I look at any of these things, we see a lot of blending of information of activity of how things are approached. So based on this, I can see a number of segments here. Some of the major segments that I'd look at are, you know, who are the general fans of historical romance? Okay. That's a big segment. That's a big block of people to look at and try to connect with. Um, I'm going to want to connect to fans of romantic suspense. Depending on how the book is written, I may be looking to connect to those people that are fans of suspense and thrillers. And, of course, I want to reach those people that are interested in fiction about the Renaissance era. Now, all these are pretty big picture ideas, but you can start to see some groupings. You can start to see kind of segments here to touch on. Well, let's dive a little bit deeper into the story, the piece of work. This particular book is set in 1525. A Thief Needs to Steal a a Model Carving that Donatello made for the de Medicis. and an enemy of Pope Clement VII uh, is looking to use a hidden secret about this piece of work for their own aims. Uh, and then once the thief gets the carving for their client, uh, Clement dispatches an assassin to recover the item and clean up the mess. Now the pitch line and the tagline I might use would be something along the line of, will the sparks come from the crossed swords or from something deeper? And so the language I use here in terms of the marketing and the promotion dives a lot more into how I'm approaching the language for the romance. How am I approaching the fact that there's a conflict? What's at stake here? Well, now based on just that little blurb, that little tagline, I can start to do even more deeper segmentation. I can target people that are fans of Donatello's work or interested about those artists of the period of time. Uh, I can look at those people that are interested in the de' Medici's reign and that period of time that they were one of the ruling families of Italy during the Renaissance period. We've seen a number of TV shows done about this, which means I've got markets and segments of people that are going to be much more aware of that period of time. So I've got a potential here to reach an audience that is crossing multiple medias. Of course, we can then look at people who like heist stories, thieves, assassins, this kind of work. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of other moving pieces here. The question is how much romance is in it, how much action adventure is in it, how much blood is hitting the floor in this story. So we can look at all those things and build out segments based on all this information. And then now once we've built these segments, we have to consider how we're going to reach each one of these people. And this is the process called targeting. What this really means is I'm going to take a segment. For example, I'm going to take the segment of people that are interested in fiction about the Dometichies. We're going to reach out to people with that interest base. We're going to see where there's large people of interests around that historical period, TV shows, movies, books written about this period, authors who frequently write about this period. Um, And now we can start to create tighter and tighter niche markets there that we're looking at connecting with. We then want to look and determine which of these segments have mutually exclusive interests. So in other words, I'm going to start prioritizing. I'm going to say the people that are very interested in the de' Medicis and maybe the people that are interested in heist novels about Donatello and other Renaissance artists. How much do those two things overlap? Do I have, if I look at the Venn diagram of those two, do I create a new segment? So we, as we prioritize, we can now start to a, a determine what, what is, what's the copy, what's the images, what's the artwork, what are the things that are going to appeal to those people as we ne- uh, start to ratchet down and niche into these markets. This is the prioritization process. We now then can go and say, what is going to appeal to that particular group of fans? Maybe what I focus on there are harder on the romantic elements, and the de' Medici story versus for those people that are more action adventure thriller of a historical nature, we're going to ramp those up, but we're still going to be honest about the work To say, there's the romantic elements. So this is where we focus on different aspects of the work, and this goes into the prioritization. Language, copy, images, artwork. All of these things need to communicate effectively about the artwork, about the work, about the book, and connect with those specific groups of people. But I can use different tweaks in that language that will reach those markets much more effectively to communicate about what I'm doing with a particular piece of work. So now that we've got our segments, we've got an idea of how we really have niched in and targeted those particular groups and have identified a lot of the information I can use to be an effective communicator with them we move to the third phase, which is positioning. So this is about taking the information we have, reaching out to each of those specific market segments in a way that will specifically connect with them. It's finding them where they're at. If I am trying to connect with uh, historical readers and I know that that segment is primarily female readers between the ages of 45 and 65, I'm gonna go to Facebook. I'm gonna go run Facebook ads. I'm gonna look at the groups and things that are there. I may attend historical romance conventions, or romance conventions. Um, And so when I start targeting those ads on social media, I'm going to probably ramp up some of the the romantic elements about where the sparks are flying. Are the sparks coming from the swords, or the hearts? as the thieves steal more than the Donatello masterpiece? I can play with a lot of taglines here, and play with the ideas. Now compare this to an ad I'd run for those fans of historical suspense. You know, where I could say something like maybe from the rooftops of Rome to the canals of Venice in our thief thief escape with Donatello's masterpiece and their heart intact. I'm focusing more on the action, but I still see that there's a romantic element here in the language. So for the first, I'd focus more on the romantic conflict. And then the second, it's the adventure, but I'm still giving a nod. I'm alluding to the romance. The images would reflect those kind of changes in tone where I might see in the first one more along the line of the two main characters facing off against each other, but I'd be able to see much more about what's going on versus the second one, what I'd see probably something that's more action oriented. I see somebody jumping from rooftops. I would do something along those lines that alluded to the story and the action. I can do some of this about what I put in the backgrounds, what I put in the cover image, There's a lot of things that I can do that, again, convey the complete story, the complete story for the reader, for the potential buyer to understand what they're going to get when they buy the book and have the experience. Now, this may sound like a lot of work, and it can be. Absolutely. But also think about this. You spent months, even years working on a book. And now you want to make sure that you're reaching the right person with it. You're connecting to the right person that might enjoy it, that might benefit from it. So you have to understand who your avatar is, who your customer avatar is, your reader avatar. So you've done that work. This is not that much more comparatively to know who it is you're trying to reach out to. And as you do more of this and as you understand your markets, your niches better, this becomes faster and easier. So if you spent months and years writing, editing, proofing, isn't it worth it to spend a little bit more time to make sure that all the ad spend you're going to do, the work you're going to spend trying to connect with a fan base is useful and productive? So this is not the entirety of the marketing process, but it does give you a good start on the foundation, how to build it, how to build a form around it, and how to start building your structure and looking at things a little bit more ethically. Again, the main point of your marketing is tell the story to tell people what they're going to get if they decide to buy your work or if they even just want to take a look at it a little bit deeper. Now, in upcoming shows, we're going to be talking, obviously, a lot more about marketing. Marketing and sales is one of those things that drives any and every business. And we're going to spend a lot of time about this. Uh, But I do challenge everybody to take a look at the SVP framework. It's fairly simple. Uh, It's a pretty easy model, but it can do a lot for you. We're going to talk about some of the other models that dive deeper, that break these steps down even more. But for most of us, this will work. This will get us off the ground and this will start to have material results for us in our marketing. Now, until the next week, this has been Creating Pros and go out there and connect with your audience. I'm your host, Jim Nettles, and we'll see you next week.